At the close of our message this morning, I'm going to have the prayer team uh, join us at the front. And we're going to pray for needs today. If you brought something uh, this morning that you would just like to give over to the Lord today, we're going to, we're going to have opportunity for that at the close of our service today. But, guys, I just, um, I'm excited to share with you the message as we continue our series entitled Overcome. Overcome. Last week we talked about overcoming fear. And, uh, man, that was just a great triumphal moment, even for our community, I believe, last week, as we just prayed that, that fear was not going to have its grip on our community, not going to have its grip on our lives, and, and we just declared uh, God to be overcoming all of those fears, all of those things, and we, we, that was just a wonderful service. You know, um, we talked about how God won't fail us, that uh, he is not going to abandon us, And that we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will not fear. This morning I want to talk about something that also overcomes us at times in our lives. And uh, it's the topic of doubt. And this morning I find that doubt in my own life, it's a subtle thing that likes to sneak in and erode my faith in God. It's very chameleon-like. It likes to sneak in undercover and sneak into the small areas of my life and where I begin to question God or I begin to question God's Word and I begin to wonder, is that really true? Is that really what God is, is speaking to my heart? And, and sometimes I, I get into those uh, moments of doubt even in my own life. Maybe there are questions in our mind that that sometimes crop up like, do we take God's word at face value today? A lot of societies like, well, let's just interpret it the way that we want to think it, and, and maybe we'll rip out half the pages that we don't like, and we'll keep the other ones, and different things like that. But do we take the full authority of God's word at face value? Do we truly believe that maybe everything in the Bible can still happen today? Is God still as powerful today as he was in the Old Testament or even in the New Testament? Uh, do we believe that? Do we believe that, that God's unfailing love is for every person in this room individually Do you grasp that and you say, man, is God's unfailing love for each of us? Do we truly believe that God is present in our life seven days a week, 24 hours a day? And and do we really believe that? And does that change the way that we act or the behavior that we do if God is present with us all of the time? See, do we allow doubt to creep in? And you know what? I, I think everyone in the room probably struggles with doubt from time to time. You see, guys, but doubt most of the time is revealed in our life when we face difficult situations. That must have been a really good part, so caught everybody's attention. Doubt most of the time is revealed in our life when we face difficult situations. But you know what? There's some really good news this morning I have for you about doubt. The Bible tells us that there were people, just like you and me, found in this Word, that struggled with doubt a lot. And another thing that it shares with us is that we can overcome our doubts. That we don't have to live in continual doubt or unbelief in our own lives. Guys, I want to share with you an account in God's Word where doubt tried to overcome a family and over tried to come a man, and, uh, and God got the victory. And it's found in Mark chapter 9. If you have your Bibles this morning, you turn with me to Mark chapter 9 or your electronic devices. If you don't have one this morning, we'll provide it nicely on the screen here uh, for you. And so it's in Mark chapter 9, starting at verses 14, reading verses 14 through 16 from the New Living Translation on the screen. It reads this way. 
It says, when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus said. What's the situation that's surrounding this moment here is Jesus was just on the Mount of Transfiguration. And if you don't know what the Mount of Transfiguration is, there was, there was a moment when Jesus, all of his divine glory was kind of revealed for the disciples, three of the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus' clothes turned all white and he glowed and it was a supernatural moment. And after that moment, they were coming down the hill. Peter, James, and John uh, saw the glory of Jesus. And when they came down the hill, the rest of the disciples were arguing with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. There was a big argument and a group of people there. And Jesus steps in and he says, what is going on here? And this is what was going on in verse 17 as we read on. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I have brought my son so that you could heal him. He is possessed of an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground, and he foams at the mouth, and he grinds his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. The man from the crowd had brought his son to Jesus because Jesus wasn't there. The disciples decided they were going to take a whack at it. So I don't know what they did, but unfortunately, as they prayed for this boy, he was not healed. And the boy was controlled by an evil spirit. And the evil spirit at times would throw the boy on the ground. And it would have control of his body. And the Bible says that the religious teachers of the law, they were excited to get involved here. They wanted to get involved. Thanks, Amy. I must have looked thirsty there. They were... They were... um, Lost my train of thought for a second. All right, I'm back on it again. Uh, the, uh, the teachers of the law were there, and they were w- waiting for an opportunity that they could discredit Jesus' ministry any time that they could. They wanted to try and do things so that, that the disciples didn't have uh, you know, a good speaking or a, a, a good um, reputation in the community. And so when the disciples couldn't heal this young boy, the, the teachers of the law, they were all over it. You know what, guys, I think, just as a sidebar for a moment, guys, anytime we allow religion to... Anytime that we allow religion to trump um, kindness, we're, we're, in a, we're in a bad situation. You see, a lot of times the teachers of the law, they were so rigid in being right, they actually were unloving to people. I think sometimes even as Christians, we get that reputation a little bit, don't we? This is just a sidebar away from kind of... But sometimes we get that reputation of of being religious and, and really being unkind to other people and not showing the love of Jesus Christ that we should. And that's exactly the way the religious leaders were here. They actually cared nothing for this boy or this family that was suffering. All they wanted was to show that the disciples were wrong and they didn't have the ability to do those things. And so they were going to make a big spectacle of this in front of everyone. And then Jesus comes into the situation and he's a little bit frustrated. 
He's a little bit frustrated with the whole situation. You can see the frustration. And he says, listen, you faithless people. What he was saying in in the original Greek language was, you're unfaithful, you're untrustworthy, you're unreliable. Whoa, that's pretty strong language. But Jesus is saying this because... His care is not about reputation. His care is not about necessarily being right in the religious leader's eyes. He just cares that there is a young boy that is suffering, and he wants to change that. So he says, bring the boy to me. So they bring the boy to him. In verse 20, it says this. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell on the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has he been like this, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy or an infant, basically is what that word is, the spirit often throws him into the fire and into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. How long has he been like this, Jesus asked. He's been like this since he was just a little baby. This family was dealing with this heart-wrenching situation all of their lives for many years. Ever since this child was just small, now he was a, a grown boy. The man went on to explain how difficult it was for them. Not only had this demon tormented this young boy, but it was actually tormenting the whole family. It was something that every morning, every night they had to think about, they had to deal with. They were constantly running around and chasing this boy, wondering, is he going to be in danger? My cousin has a, has a boy who is autistic. And he, he struggles to interact um, verbally. And we were at a family reunion uh, some years ago, and he was just a young boy, and the family reunion was at uh, my uncle and aunt's house, and it was about 200 years, or 200 years, 200 uh, yards, that's the better word, 200 yards from a railroad track was near the house. And all of a sudden, a train came by when we were all sitting around and enjoying our time, and as soon as the train began to come by, someone said, where's Jesse? All of a sudden, we saw Jesse, probably about 75 yards out in front of anybody else, running full tilt towards the train. We're shouting, Jesse, stop, stop, don't go there. And all of a sudden, mom was off like a shot of lightning. His mom was going full tilt. I mean, I think she could have run the 100-meter dash for the, the American team in the Olympics. I mean, she was running as fast as she possibly could to chase down Jesse, shouting at the top of her lungs, Jesse, stop! Jesse, stop! Jesse, in his own little world, was just, wow, it's a train. I can't wait to run over there and see what's going on. Finally, mom caught him at probably about 50 yards from the from the train tracks and she grabbed him and she held him in her arms him still kind of fighting trying to move towards the train I thought at that moment in my mind when I saw that picture I was like wow what an absolute undertaking for a mom to raise Jesse and to think about all of the times that she would have to run and save him from danger When I transfer that into this biblical context here and you think about, can you imagine for a moment being the family of this demon-possessed boy 
That all of his life you were always watching him. You were always wondering what was going to happen next. And, and would he have one of those sessions where something would happen and, and he would put his own life in danger. The Bible says that the father told heart-wrenching stories of how the boy would be walking past a campfire and just would jump into the fire for no reason. Can you imagine being the mom or the dad of bandaging the young boy's wounds as, as the blisters formed and he was crying and she, trying to express to you he didn't understand why he would do that? Young boy, why, why would you jump into the fire like that? Why would, would that happen? Sometime later, you're out uh, getting water near the, the Sea of Galilee or something, and you're, you're getting water to wash your clothes, and you turn your back for just a moment, and all of a sudden you hear a splash, and he had jumped into the water, and you race over and you pull him up, and he's, he's sputtering, he's crying, and he's afraid. And every day was like that day. Every moment of your life, watching your child, thinking, is this the day when I will not be watching? And will this be his last day? Think about the overwhelming sense of hopelessness and probably a lot of the questions where he would say, why me? That father, why? God, why? Why would something like this happen to me? Why do I have to deal with these kind of situations? Guys, I'm sure that there were days when that father and that mother and that family, they wanted to give up. They were wondering if their situation would ever change. So when the, the sliver of hope happened that there was a man that can heal children that are plagued like this, his name is Jesus, this man thought to himself, just a sliver of faith, that maybe our life could be normal again. Maybe something could happen. Maybe this good teacher could bring healing to my son. But at the close of what he asked Jesus, he explains, he says, could you heal my son? And then he closes with three words. He says, Jesus, have mercy on us if you can. Do you blame this guy for doubting? Really, honestly, let's think about it. Do you really do you blame this guy for doubting? He had probably expended great amounts of resources. They had tried everything that they possibly could. They wanted their son to be whole. They wanted him to be normal. They wanted him to be like other children. But, but can, you, can you blame this guy for doubting? So he says, if you can. The disciples couldn't help me. The religious leaders didn't care. I've tried everything that we possibly can. If you can. But then Jesus says something. It's amazing. This whole story changes in Mark chapter 9. And this is our key verse today. If you want to pick out one, two verses here that, that we're going to focus on. It's this, these verses here. This is in Mark chapter 9 verse 23. Jesus responds to that statement that the man says, If you can. Jesus says this. What do you mean? If I can. Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. 
The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, Jesus. There was that sliver of hope. There was that sliver of faith. He says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if you believe. Did you hear that word that Jesus said? He said the word anything. Could you say that word this morning? Anything. How much? Anything. So I have a question for you this morning. What is your anything today? What is your anything that you have been doubting? And we'll get more into this, but I just want to begin to open your heart to what God wants to do in our lives this morning. What is your anything this morning? What is the greatest challenge in your life that you are doubting that God truly could change? What is the thing that you have given up on? What is the impossible situation where Jesus needs to step in? What is your anything? Jesus says anything is possible if you believe. This man realizes his mistake. He realizes that that, that he he wants to believe. That's why he's there. That's why he wants his son to be whole. and, And he cries out, I do believe. Jesus, I believe that you can set my son free. I believe that you can restore my family. I believe that you can change this situation. And then the man makes a statement that I believe many of us in this room have made in the past. Help me overcome my unbelief. Have you ever prayed that way before? While you're praying, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but while I'm praying, sometimes doubt begins to click into my mind while I'm praying for someone or praying for my own situation. And when I sense that that doubt is in my mind, I say things like, Jesus, give me faith right now. Could you help me overcome the unbelief that's trying to leak into my mind right now, trying to erode away my faith in believing and trusting in you? Jesus loves those kind of prayers. Help me overcome my unbelief. The man realizes that his faith is weak, that he's struggling with doubt, that he's been up against this for years. His doubt was overtaking his faith, so he cries out to Jesus, help me overcome my unbelief. And this is where things began to get exciting this week in the office. I started getting fired up, and I started shouting. My staff thought I was going crazy or something. But I started getting into this, and I was studying in the original Greek language. I don't know Greek very well, but I I began to, to... Look at these words in the Greek. Help me overcome my unbelief. And this is absolutely amazing, guys. I had no idea. But the word help me overcome, that phrase, is actually the word bothos. And it's the exact same Greek word that we talked about last week. When the verse says that in in Hebrews chapter 13, the Lord is my helper, I will have no fear. The Lord is my bothos. I will have no fear. The man says to Jesus, he says, Jesus, bothos, help me overcome my unbelief. And this word, this Greek word last week, if you don't remember, the the word is helper. It's a beautiful Greek compound word. It means, bo means to cry for help. 
Theo means to run. What Bothos means is one who comes running when we cry for help. And so this man is crying out to Jesus. This word describes the Lord as poised and ready to rush to our relief, the relief of his oppressed children when they shout for his assistance. So this man is crying out for Jesus to come running. He says, help me, Jesus. Help me overcome my unbelief. And Jesus is ready to come running when this man is struggling with his doubt. Jesus sees the man's weakness. He understands the struggle that the man is in. When he cries out in this moment, Jesus, help me overcome my unbelief. And how does Jesus respond? In Mark chapter 9, verses 25 through 27, it says this. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, He rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you, come out of this child and never enter him again. And then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet. And he stood up transformed and changed forever. Despite the man's struggle with his faith and with his doubt, Jesus was willing to step in and transform the situation for his glory. So how does this passage of Scripture apply to us? You know, I think it applies pretty easily in our own lives. I'm sure that there are many people in this room that you have experienced similar feelings to the father of the demon-possessed boy. You've experienced situations that you deem as impossible. You have overwhelming or, or being overwhelmed by constant difficulties that you are facing at this current situation in your life or at this current moment in your life. Maybe you are giving in to your doubt today that Jesus truly can fix the situation that you're in. Maybe your prayer today is, if you can, God, if you can... If you can, you could bring healing to my physical body. If you can, you could break the spirit of addiction in my heart. If you can, you could bring my prodigal back home, Jesus. If you can, you could supply me with a job. If you can, if you can, if you can. And you know what? Jesus listens to those prayers, and this is what he says to you today. If I can. Do you know who you're praying to? If I can? Really? Could it be that we are overcome by doubt? So how do we deal with doubt in our life? It's pretty simple. According to Scripture, it says just simply admit that you're doubting and ask for help. Jesus is just waiting for someone to cry out so he could come running. Just admit that you're, you're struggling with doubt. Admit and, and say, you know what, God, this, this is where God wants us to be. You say, God, you're so open. And you just say, Lord, I need you so desperately. And my, my faith is struggling. I am doubting right now. I need your help. Help me, God. Help me overcome my unbelief. He wants us to rely on him and trust him. So we admit our doubt and ask for help. Another thing that we can do is... We don't need, don't act on your doubt, act on your faith. There are a lot of people in, this Bible is full of people that doubted, but still believed God to do something great. 
There are a lot of people in the Bible, we think of biblical examples like Gideon and Noah and Daniel and John the Baptist. These people were all flesh and blood just like us, but they chose to believe even though they didn't know how it was going to work out. Whether it could even work out, but they chose to believe. Guys, don't allow doubt to overcome your life. You see, guys, it's what you do with your doubt that makes all the difference. Don't let your doubts keep you away from Jesus. Come to Jesus, bring your doubts and all, and ask Jesus to overcome your doubts. Many times people feel like faith and doubt are opposites, but faith is far more than the absence of doubt. Faith is not just a feeling. It's not just overcoming doubt. Faith is an absolute commitment that God is for you. It's a commitment of your heart towards God that you trust Him. That you know that He is going to come through. So what are you facing this morning right now that seems impossible? What are you facing right now that, that the areas of your life right now that you need God to step into? What are the areas that you have allowed doubt to creep into today? This is what I'd like us to do this morning. If we could have our worship team come forward. and This morning, if we could have our prayer teams today, if you guys could come forward and just come at the front this morning. This is what we're going to do. Last week, we believed that there were people that were instantly healed and instantly transformed because fear had gripped their heart. Our, our prayer teams are coming forward. And this is what we're going to do this morning. I believe that God wants to intervene in incredible ways in people's hearts and lives this morning. We believe that God is going to do incredible things today. But you know what? I believe that there are people here this morning that you are doubting God. You're, you have situations that for years you've been praying and you just don't know. You haven't seen breakthrough. You haven't seen anything happen. Mike, can you guys come? And we'll, uh, But you haven't seen breakthrough in your life? And this morning, this is how we're going to close our service today. We're just going to begin to worship the Lord. And if you are carrying something, if you know what the demon-possessed father feels like, if you know the overwhelming sense of impossible situations in your life, this is what we're going to do today. We're just going to take some time and begin to worship the Lord. And maybe this morning you can do this where you're at from your seat. But you begin to call out to God and you begin to simply say, God, Lord, I need you to step into my situation that I'm dealing with right now. Just tell him what it is. Say, so God, I'm really struggling believing that you're good and that you're going to move in this. But God, would you overcome my unbelief today? Could you come in and step in in a powerful way? This morning, we're going to have teams of people here to pray, and I'm going to jump down here in just a moment. And as we begin to worship this morning, if you'd like to slip from your seat, we're just going to take maybe just like five minutes to just worship as a congregation. But if you're here this morning, you're dealing with something that you, is overwhelming you, and you are needing someone to believe with you that God can do something great, that he can overcome your unbelief and the doubt in your life today. Would you respond this morning? Why don't we stand today? And I want to pray over our congregation as we get ready to go. Lord Jesus, right now, we just open our hearts to you, God. And Lord, whatever you would want to do in this moment, God, it's a special time. God, I believe that there are people here that are dealing with heavy, heavy things in their lives. 
But God, you can overcome those things. God, that our unbelief and our doubt in our lives, God, that it would be removed. That God, you would help us overcome our unbelief today. That God, you want to step in and you want to do something great. So God, we're believing that you would begin to touch people's hearts. That you would begin to transform people's minds that have been eroded by doubt. And that God, you would do incredible things today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. close our eyes for just a minute. We're just going to close in prayer this morning. If you still have needs today, we're just going to have the opportunity for you to continue to come forward and have some more ministry at the front here today. This is what I would ask that you would do. Maybe you're dealing right now with a situation or circumstance that you're just needing God to do something great in. Could you do something for me this morning with our eyes closed and just not looking around? Would you just hold your hand out like you're holding something to God today? You say, Lord Jesus, whatever this is right now, God, in all of the situations and circumstances in this room today, God, how little it is or how big it is, Lord Jesus, we just hold out all of the situations because your word said, and you said today through your word, that you can do anything. So God, whatever these things are, Lord, in our lives, God, we call out to you. We say, Lord Jesus, we believe that you can do some transforming work in these situations. Help any form of unbelief in my heart and in my life right now. So God, I just give these things over to you. I hand them to you for you to take. The Bible says that we need to cast our cares on Jesus because he cares for us. So God, this morning, that's what we do. We lay these things at your feet, we give them over to you, and we release them. God, they're yours now. So God, we just pray in Jesus' name that you would bring peace and wholeness You would kick out any doubt or fear or anything, Lord Jesus, that tries to grip our hearts. And that, God, we would declare once again that we trust you, that you are in control, that, God, we know that you can do anything, that you will do anything. And, God, that we call out to you to bring transformation, healing, restoration, whatever is needed across this room in every life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, whenever doubt tries to sneak into your heart, into your mind, you just say, Lord Jesus, God, I need you to touch my life and forgive me, help my unbelief, Lord, in any situation. So guys, this week, I encourage you, continue to just believe that God is touched in the situations that you have handed over to him. And whatever you do, don't take those things back. Allow God to carry those things. Lord bless you guys today. You're dismissed. Thank you, Lord.